0: Oh, uh, Lane Kiffin, just the media darling. Everyone loves them. They are 3 0 though, right? They are 3-0. Yeah,
1: they are 3-0. I don't think they look very good in their first game, but they are 3 0. No, I love that. Like uh Hey, do you do you like that you've got two really young players, two freshmen coming in playing well? No, we, we hate that actually. We hate when that happens. Come on, that was a dumb question, you gotta admit.
0: <laughs> uh yeah. Not very good. Yeah, they've played, what, Troy, Central Arkansas, and Georgia Tech, and they've they've put it on all three teams. Um, well, Troy was a little bit closer than they wanted to in week one, but they got Tulsa this week, um, which, gosh, Tulsa had the leading passer in all of college football. Uh, is that still the case? Yeah, yeah Davis yeah, Brin still yeah. throwing for more yards than anyone else out there, so. You may have yourself a shootout there, uh, Tulsa and Ole Miss. Maybe,
1: but that just kind of goes to to a point is, like, how good is Ole Miss? I I don't know. Like, there's a lot of teams out there that it's interesting what we do or what we don't know about certain teams. Like, I've got a list of teams here that we'll talk about what we do know about them. And I'll bring bring up Oklahoma State as the first team. It's hard to really know how good OSU is after their first three games.
0: It is. Uh, I, I agree with that. Easy non-conference. Uh, Arizona State. Um, you know they handled pretty well. That's their power five. That was a opponent. close game
1: in the fourth quarter, though. I mean, it was it was a one possession game in the fourth, and then OSU pulled away. But it was interesting with like ten minutes left.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, it was twenty to ten, and then I'm guessing going into the fourth, and then. Uh, Arizona State probably scored to make it, what, 2017, and, and then Oklahoma State packed on a couple of extra touchdowns. Yeah, I think, uh, you know, Spencer Sanders has, you know, he's still been Spencer Sanders at times. Um, you know, he's, he's really good. He will make plays. He'll throw touchdowns. Other times he'll turn it over. He's been better at throwing the interceptions so far this year, but, you know, they haven't been pressed as much. You did throw a pick in that ASU game. But, you know, I I think defensively they're, they're solid. I think, um, you know, I thought their running game would be a little bit better than it's been so far statistically. But I think Oklahoma State is – I think they're a solid, legitimate football team, man. Yeah. I do. Won't know anything – Are they the number seven or eight team in the country? I think no. that's probably a bit high. But as things haven't really sorted themselves out yet, it's hard to know. We will not know uh, a thing
1: about Oklahoma State until October 1st. We haven't found anything else, uh, yeah. about them so far. Uh, and they're, they're off, off this, this week, week, right? Yeah, then they got to yeah. go to Baylor. they got to go to Waco on October 1st. They'll have a uh, really he- tough stretch after that. At Baylor, Tech at home. At TCU, Texas at home. And then at Kansas State. And I guess you even got to throw in at KU is a difficult game now. Heck, I don't know.
0: Well – Honestly, I mean, Oklahoma state, Oklahoma, I, the rest of the schedule is going to be hard for everyone. There I don't think there is a what what you would call a give me game for anyone. I mean,
1: I had an incredibly difficult st- time and this doesn't prove the point, but I had an incredibly difficult time doing a Big 12 power poll today. I said, "Okay, I guess West yeah. Virginia's at 10, but I guess Texas at nine, but Tech's beating a top twenty-five team. I guess I got to put him there. I guess TCU's at eight, but they're unbeaten. It's I I, I didn't even complete it just yet because I don't know how to, how to yeah. go about it.
0: It's tough. It's incredibly tough. I think I think you have Oklahoma. Is it is it even fair to put Oklahoma at the top by themselves or? Like how how would you classify like the top three?
1: I put OU there in two, three, four, and five are blank. I had KU at six, K State yeah. at seven, TCU at eight, tech at nine, West Virginia at ten. I I did have OU at one. I just think that we though the opponent wasn't great, we saw a team for four quarters play complimentary dominant football. And in fact, really, their past six quarters have been dominant complementary football. Can I say that yeah. about any other team in the conference right now? I don't. I don't know if I can. And there's some teams in the league that haven't played some great opponents either.
0: Yeah, no. It's it's really difficult. It is. Um, I would probably go. I'd probably go Oklahoma right now at number one. I would probably go Oklahoma State at number two. Baylor three. Texas? Iowa State four. Uh, Texas, you in the top five? I I can't I, I just I can't put Texas ahead of any of those other wow, schools yet. Wow, man. Okay.
1: Can you? Um, <laughs> look, and this is why I brought it up. It's like, what do we know about Oklahoma State? We just used three or three and a half minutes to say, oh, like even Texas is still a giant mystery. I don't think they're the team that showed up in Austin to play Alabama. Like, I don't think that's going to be consistent. I'm, I've been on record for that. But I guess I could be wrong, you know. I mean, they haven't lost any other game outside that. Um, they did get down 17-7 to UTSA. But, like, Texas is still a giant mystery. And I think they have a lot to
0: prove in Lubbock this weekend. Yeah. I mean, that game was, that game was tied at halftime with UTSA and then they were able to separate in the second half because of a couple of dumb plays by UTSA. Yeah, Fielding that punt, I, you know, a couple of things that just – well, I think they had like a – was it a pick six or something, you know, it, just a couple of really dumb plays that blew that game open for them. But outside of that, there was no separation. Like the same thing could have happened to UTSA. Like if Texas had made a mistake and, you know – botched a muffed a punt and you know a a turnover to UTSA they scored on defense like the game could have it was so it was tight enough to where it could have flipped on them as well like you I didn't walk away from that game thinking there was some huge separation between those two teams but I mean I'm I'm I know they're better than UTSA but it doesn't prove to me that it's not the same Texas that we've seen year after year.
1: Yeah, and, and they're going to have to prove that in Dallas, and I think even this weekend in Lubbock in front of a sold-out crowd. They could prove something to me if they go out there and handle tech easily. I don't think that they're going to, but they could prove a little bit to me going out there with the backup quarterback and winning. So OSU and Texas are yeah. still kind of unknowns. L- let's just go to the team that we talk about every day before we move on to some others. OU. What do we know about OU through three games? Do we know a lot more about this team through three games than we do like a Texas or an Oklahoma State?
0: Well, yeah, just because I've watched every single play multiple times. um, Here's what we know. We are improved on defense. uh, A way more consistent defensive team that tackles better that gets to the quarterback really good and creates negative yardage plays really good. Um, That is definitely there, improved over what they've been in years past on defense. Offensively, I think that's where we maybe don't know everything we, we need to know yet. Fair. Running game looks really solid at times. Passing game looks really solid at times quarterback is dangerous in the running game and you have to account for that. special teams so far looks like it's it's adequate. I mean I think uh, weakness possibly offensive line possibly possibly the I don't know oh, man it's so hard to say. Because I still don't think we've seen Dylan Gabriel at, play his best game. No, we definitely have well, I, At of.
1: least I hope not. But I, I would tend to lean towards agreeing with you on that.
0: So I was going to say that, like, we are we are more. It feels like we're more limited in the passing game right now than we've been in years past. Do you y- agree with that? Yeah.
1: No. I, I. No, I was encouraged by the other wide receivers outside Marvin Mims, but I I think I'm definitely okay with that. Now, I, I think they were better than last year, but I think you're talking about the last five or six years is what you're mentioning.
0: Yeah, w- just what we've been... Right, what yeah, we've, yeah. What you're typically used to a quarterback at Oklahoma, it just, it hasn't... He, he hasn't hit, you know, fourth gear yet, but I still think it can come around with without a doubt. Yeah. I think he's going to continue to gain confidence. I think the... The offense, they're going to continue to expand things and make it more and more difficult on defenses. So I, I expect it to pick up steam, but, you know, we don't know that. Like, what we know right now is we may be a little bit more limited in the pass game than we have been in years past.
1: Hey, text line, uh, interact with this, 405-651-3439. I guess, what do you think that we know uh, through three games about OU? I am definitely ready to say that they are better defensively. Like, to what level? I think that's going to have to be proven out over the next few weeks. But they're definitely better, and I even feel okay calling them a good defense at this point. Special teams is better. Like, the real big question mark to me is offensive line, and I think this Saturday could go a long way in kind of how I feel about that group going into October. Like, they look good Saturday against Kansas State, then my attitude's going to flip pretty considerably from a couple of weeks ago. They play well against these guys. right? Yeah. Like, you're, you're, well, like I think even your in, – in, in our opinion of the offense, as of right now, seems to be pretty similar. But I feel like, though we're kind of in lockstep, we, they play well on Saturday. I feel like both of us are going to say, yeah, they've opened things up. They're starting to hit a stride. Like, this offense is about to show its best ball.
0: Yeah. I, that's what I think. That's what I think. I feel like they're going to start to click a little bit better. I think Gabriel is going to continue to settle into this offense. Um, I, I hope they continue to use him in the running game, even if it's just, you know, here and there, a run every couple of series, just to keep defenses honest. I think that helps them out a lot. Like, whenever they had that run against Nebraska, when he had that run against Nebraska, I felt like the rest of the offense kind of loosened up at that point, and they were able to really start pushing forward, you know? Yeah. And sometimes you need that. Sometimes you need a quarterback to make a play like that just to to ease everyone's uh, nerves a little bit. But, you know, it, it should help being at home, have a quiet crowd. Uh should be an intense atmosphere. But, you know, it's it's the best team that you've played so far by – Quite a stretch, in my opinion.
1: Nine one eight. We know that they are coachable, showing improvement and an ability to execute adjustments by a staff that knows how to coach. Uh, let's see. Gunny says we are all around better team this year, no doubt. Special teams and defense are very much improved.
0: Yeah. Huh. Well, I agree with that. The question is, can we? Can we marry an, an improved defense, and we don't know how good they're going to get with the type of offensive production we've been used to? Like They're right around the 500 yards a game number right, right now. Like if, they, if they stay at that number, and we're 500.7 yards a game, 42.3 points per game, uh, balance in in run and pass like if that number if that if we stay right there and continue to be efficient with the football and not turning it over yeah like that's you you could turn yourself into a juggernaut real quickly sure. if that turns into consistency but we just it's too early to know if that's going to be consistent throughout because you know the level of opponent you have to call it how it is has not been great.
1: Let's try to get a couple more teams in. What do we know about uh, Muleshoe's USC team other than they're going to lose to Oregon State on Saturday? What do we know about them?
0: We know offensively so far they've been excellent. They've got skilled players coming out their ears, quarterback, running back, wide receivers, but they're not good on the line of scrimmage. And they have a chance to be exposed in that avenue this week with Oregon State, who's Pretty dadgum good, um, but, you know, they may be good enough at the skill positions to be able to to continue to win those football games. Defensively, not very good, although they've been opportunistic with turnovers, which helps out a ton. Um, you know, they lost a, they're not good in the front seven, and they lost a starting defensive end to a shoulder injury. That's going to hurt them even more. So, but offensively, you can't argue with it. Caleb Williams has been fantastic. And, you know, what they've got at skill position is scary. So, yeah, they're averaging 50 points a game right now. But
1: much like OU, uh, this is by far and away, and not that Oregon State's a top 10 team. They're probably not even a top 25 team. But this is the best team that they're going to face in an environment that is what – no, nah, it's not their first road game, it's their second road game. but probably going to be a little bit tougher than what Stanford was. So this will be, be USC's toughest test.
0: Yeah, you know, that is interesting. Is I, – I, I think Corvallis is – is that probably one of those places that whenever they have what they believe is a good football team, you like gets a bunch of momentum and turns into a, a pretty loud place to play? I don't even know if I've ever seen a game there like uh,
1: on television yeah, well, I mean, that I've noticed you, the crowd. You go to bed really early. You've been a dad now for a few years, so probably well, not. I remember Oklahoma
0: out. State playing out there, but that, I think that's the last time I've watched a the game there, and I can't even remember what the crowd looked like.
1: Reese Stadium is uh, where they play football, and they have for a while. It's a very small stadium, but... I, I feel like even going back to the days where USC was good in the early 2000s, that that was a place where they struggled a bit because all those games yeah. were at night. I remember USC was it in like '04, something like that, where it was like it was late, it was really foggy outside. It just kind of had one of those weird environments and Oregon State played them close and almost beat them. Like, historically going back
0: they lost 2820.
1: Yeah, they lost their Mark Sanchez. They lose there in O 0- s they lose there in 08 with Mark Sanchez. Is that right? I'm a nerd if this is correct, but I feel like that's USC number one beat USC U-
0: beat number one USC twenty seven twenty one. It's kind of embarrassing that I remember that, but it proves the point, uh, I guess. W- was Liner? No, you said Sanchez. That was Mark Sanchez year. Yeah, yeah, Sanchez was uh, eighteen of twenty nine. Three and touchdowns and an interception. Look
1: up 04. I think Oregon State got close to beating them at home in 04.
0: Yeah. Yep, yeah, they did. Mm. That one I had that one up a second ago. I think they lost by is 28 20. Uh Derek Anderson threw for 330 against number one USC. Liner, was 17 to 31, only 205. He got outplayed by Anderson. Unbelievable. Well, but he had two touchdowns. Um, yeah. Yeah, you're a dork. Yeah, I know. Uh, what, what do we know about Tyler McComas? Uh, we know sure. he's an incredible geek when it comes to old school football. <laughs> I, was I, actually, knowledge- I was
1: embarrassed about that poll. I, I almost didn't want to say it. I was like, yeah, this is a little over the top. This is, looks a you, little psychotic if I know that one.
0: Here's what I've noticed. All of your football knowledge is – Excellent, until you turn 21 years old, and then something really happens to it. I don't know what. It just really starts, starts to falter and fall Man, apart.
1: Man, it may have been some 3-2 <laughs> alcohol that changed
0: that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. Hanging out at Pryor's Pizza Kitchen here in Goldsby. Fantastic place to come watch some football. We'll have Thursday night football tonight, and then obviously throughout the weekend, tons of TVs here, and we got a full-service bar. Coal-fired pizza ovens. Pizza here is fantastic. The whole menu is fantastic. Plus, they got the uh, outside area that's really cool. Fire pits, uh, ping pong tables, pickleball, all kinds of games to play outside. Just a really, really cool brand-new venue out here in Goldsby. Come and check us out.
1: every single Tuesday at 3.20. You can catch Bob Stoops right here on The Ref, the homeless Sooner fans. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Someone on the text line says, uh, prior pizza really is top-notch. Rocky Kalmas ain't lying.
0: Ah, Very true. It's amazing. I love it. Um, Coal-fired pizza just got a little bit more flavor to it. Um, excellent ingredients, but the atmosphere is what I love the most here. It's such a cool building. Um, like I said, the outdoor area is awesome. Tons of seating outdoors, fire pits outdoors, um, ping pong, pickleball, just a really, really cool venue.
1: You know who was having a really good game on Saturday, but it got overshadowed by one big play? Uh, that was Deshaun yes. White. I thought, yeah, were you going to guess Deshaun White or were you to say someone else?
0: No. Uh I was I didn't know who I was gonna say. I just wanted to say yes. Uh but yeah, I thought I, I agree. He's he's settled into that role and looks super, super aggressive. Problem is he's got a freshman chopping out the hills there. Yeah,
1: yeah. And that's what I wanted to bring up is, you know, because there's a lot of people now is well, Kanick, you've got to play Canick more. You've got to put Canick out there in situations more moving forward. And maybe that's right. I just wonder how much, how much he's going to play this week because th- this is an offense, and we've seen it in the past with young backers, or, or young guys at that position anyway, where it, it's a challenge playing against these guys in the run game. So I don't I mean, I think that he's probably going to play I just I, I'm wondering how much run he's actually going to get on Saturday.
0: None unless there's uh, an injury or a situation like what happened at Nebraska, and that's whenever he'll get in the game, uh, at the end or if he's forced to. There's just too much experience there. You can see the upside, right? It didn't hurt us in Nebraska against Nebraska that he missed some open plays. Matter of fact, I love that he went out there and did miss those open plays. You learn from those it's 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 a feeling that you don't forget, and you kind of learn how to how to put yourself in a little better position to not miss those plays and see it on film and learn from it. and I, th- those are all good experiences. but I, there's there's just he doesn't have enough experience yet i I, I would not expect him to play unless there's a situation where Vittables feels comfortable, that the game is in hand, and you can put him out there. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I,
1: that's. And, 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 again, I, I think that this is a – not that I, he's not allowed to play well against Kansas State, but with the motions and everything that they do in the run game, this would, this would be a challenge. It would be a much bigger challenge than what last week presented, I guess. But, at same time, I feel good about Deshaun White and the way that he's played.
0: Yeah. Deshaun White and had a really you know, good game the
1: outside of that, that, that play that got yeah. him ejected.
0: Yeah. There's a balance between getting a guy good reps and letting him develop. Like you do that whenever there's there's not a difference much of a difference between him and the guy in front of him, right? You start to work him in and see if maybe he, there's a chance he can overtake that spot. But right now, Deshaun White is just too experienced, too good. You need, you need those guys out there on the field right now, especially as you get into conference play. I, I just I, – I would not expect to see much of them. Yeah. Now, that's not to say that we won't. I and Venables may start off, um, you know, rotating him in every now and then just to get a feel to see how he can handle it. And if he's clean, no mistakes, he's where he's supposed to be, he makes the plays he's supposed to you continue to get him more and more run but i would i would expect him to be like a true he's a number 2 i think he would be a number 2 at this point text line
1: says deshaun white will miss the first half who else would start but canick no deshaun white's available
0: for no, the whole won't. game yeah
1: yeah it was yeah, in the first half right. he had to miss the the second half if you get that and you have to, if it happens in the first half you can come back for the next game so that's Correct. Even Brent got yeah. that confused though in the post game press conference and Mike had to come back and say Mike Hal had to say, "Yeah, actually, uh, he he's he's good to go for the for the game next week. All good."
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's hard to say. I I thought he played really well, but I don't think he played. Good enough to abandon Deshaun White.
1: Oh, that's totally fair.
0: The most experienced player on defense that they've yeah. got. This
1: uh, this text is interesting, though. Do you burn Jaron Canick's red shirt this year if you don't have to? Yeah. I think that's probably going to end up happening. He'll play in more than four football games this year.
0: Yeah, I think so, too. The red shirt thing is... Uh, you just... I. Mechanic's not—he's not—he's not going anywhere. I mean, I—I I guess you never know, but I wouldn't expect him to transfer. But you—you you want him to be—he's going to be a starter next year. Yes, he will. And you want to have him as experienced as possible. And you know, you need him to be up and ready to go in at any moment, just like he did against Nebraska. I don't think you worry about burning the red shirt at all. I, you know, you just have to consider it as he, he's a true freshman this year and he's using this year of eligibility. Because, frankly, I don't know that he's going to be a guy that would be hanging around that extra year anyways. Yeah.
1: You, I mean, it, if it all goes, goes according to plan, yeah, he should be a three-year guy. But Canix, even if they do red shirt him, which I think is a very low pro- probability – He's not going to transfer after one year after basically picking Oklahoma due solely because of Brent Venables. Right. He, he, that guy ain't yeah. leaving, man. No, regardless of what happens this year, he could not play another down, and he'll be back next season. This text says even with Justin Harrington, like if you're talking about Justin Harrington like next year as a starter, like this is his last year. I believe this is his last year of eligibility, Justin Harrington.
0: Is that right?
1: I feel like that's the case.
0: I can't ever – it's all so screwed up I can't ever remember. But, um yeah, that may be the case. Harrington is going to be – he's going to be the, the passing situation, Cheetah, uh whenever they're in like Dime with the one backer where um, Deshaun White's the lone backer out there and comes in and plays the Mike spot. That's whenever Harrington's going to play the – um uh, the cheetah spot other than that like whenever they're in the 3-3 scheme he plays that third safety so I don't know I I have no idea what they're going to do with Canick he looks solid I think if if you were forced into a position if Deshaun White were to go down and you and Canick had to to step in I think by the end of the season he'd probably be playing fantastic football and it probably wouldn't even take that long but, you know, I, you have to rely on, at least right now, you know, because you've got to remember, Canick has seen the field in three games. Deshaun White's basically been a player and a starter for five years. So uh, the amount of experience difference between the two is vast. Canick is a better athlete, has a much higher ceiling, but Deshaun White right now is, is too good in these critical games to pull him out on 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 like a not an experiment, but on a developmental workload for Canick. You know what I'm saying? Oh, it's yeah. just, but I don't. But that's not saying that Venables won't do it. If if like he's seen him practice, he knows how comfortable he is. I trust I trust his judgment on that. So if he doesn't play him, it's because he thinks Deshaun White gives you a much better chance to win the football game. And I know everyone's. Like this is where we are, where we have to find, like, pick and needle different things about who's playing and who's not. Instead of just the defense has been really good process. right now.
1: Obviously, the starting eleven is just fine. Not that you can't be better in some spots, but it, it's it's okay. Like I look, I want to see Jaron Cannick out there more, but Deshaun White's been pretty good. And by the way, good point by Mike on Twitter: the guys that have been on the special teams units ain't red and that, that's, that's exactly right. And I love that kid, man. I love that kid on special teams. For how Who? fast he Kanik, for how fast yeah. he is running down the field, covering kickoffs. I think that is, again, I'd like to see him out on the defense more, but that is a great role for him this year as a true freshman. God, I, I know that he might be about two times as fast as anyone that Nebraska had, has on defense with how slow those guys were. A kill for him. Which
0: reminds me. I I forgot I was gonna uh, I was gonna talk some trash to Coach Venables at the coaches show uh, because I noticed whenever Kanick started whenever he took over for Deshaun White he came off a kickoff coverage team which is some bull jive <laughs> uh, that didn't happen back in the day like if you were on uh, the special teams unit you were on that sucker I, whether you were starting on defense or not.
1: I'm guessing you didn't watch the latest episode of uh, OU DNA because you can't ever get your uh, ESPN Plus to work like an old person. No. We we watched it last night, and they have their – do they have their, like, family dinners on Thursday? Is that the day they do it?
0: Yeah, I I think that's right. Yeah,
1: I guess Julie Venable's birthday was last Thursday or it was right around there, whatever. The linebackers uh, (laughs) bought her slash made her a cake, and Danny Stutzman bought her a gift. It was like a, a giant candle. So, I don't know nice. if you ever bought Julie Venables a gift. I, I'm going to guess that that, pro- no. that answer is probably no. But at least Danny Stutzman did.
0: I'm not that thoughtful, unfortunately. Accurate. Character flaw. Character flaw, personality flaw, all of the above. Not a specialty of mine. Ah, it's so bad. I wish I was better. I do. <laughs>
1: You know, you can tell in that family dinner, it's just that, all about family, and everyone's trying to get along and have a good time, and they buy Julie a gift, and you can still see Brent, and he knows that the cameras are there, right? He, he throws a little bit of a jab at, at his backers, or at those linebackers, just enough of a jab to where it's like, yeah, that gift's a whole lot better than what practice was today. Like he's still not going like all in on practice mode, you know, like he is. Right. Because of like the, the atmosphere that's there, but it was just enough to where oh yeah, he's still keeping him on his toes.
0: You can tell he was still mad about yeah, it. Yeah. Uh, whatever happened out there. He was mad and he had to put on the smiley face for the for the family dinner. Yeah. Oh yeah. He was like that he was like that last week be- before the Nebraska game. What did he tell him? He told him, he said, I'm just telling you guys right now, the oven is getting hot. If you keep messing around, you're going to touch it, and you're going to get burned. So you better
1: It is the rush on the ref, Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. We call this segment What Caught Teddy's Eye. Let's get to it. Story number one is?
0: I thought this was pretty wild, and it's really the only one I have since we're a little – type because of time here a girl in Utah uh, was arrested because she tied a nuclear threat to a Utah loss if they lost she said that she was going to detonate the nuclear reactor that they have on campus and they arrested her Uh, This is like the equivalent of me saying, uh, if OU doesn't beat Kansas State this year, I'm going to slam the moon into earth. I... The girl doesn't have a nuclear weapon, and she doesn't have the capability to detonate the nuclear yeah, reactor. on Yeah, but
1: what she did have was Utah minus the twelve and a half, and I, I'm sure. So that's <laughs> what caused this type of reaction here. Either that, or she has a uh, Utah over ten wins. And you know what? Don't make fun oh, of this person. I don't think that this is crazy to threaten something like this. If you got Utah given the points, it's pretty serious.
0: Yeah, there's there's no doubt that that. Post that social media post came in the first half because they ended up winning thirty five seven over San Diego. She might need to call
1: one eight hundred gambler. I will say that about her. (laughs) That needs to be her punishment, not jail time. That should be her one phone call from prison is one eight hundred gambler. Whatever it is now.
0: I mean, I get taking threats seriously, but I mean you have to vet the threats at least some Somewhat, don't you? I mean, come on. We're not even talking about – she's she's talking about a football game. It's not even anything serious. It's nothing political. It's nothing – I don't know. I just thought that that was funny that they actually arrested her. Uh, LSU got gets
1: a one-year probation from the mm. NCAA and self-imposes a $5,000 fine for recruiting violations committed by former LSU offensive line coach, James Craig, who gets a three year show cause. So, LSU, they got to be eating bologna sandwiches for the next couple of weeks. They've self imposed a $5,000 fine.
0: Yeah, and the same guy, he won half a million bucks uh, off of LSU um, whenever he said that LSU terminated his contract without cause, right? Got awarded 500K. Yeah. It's
1: pretty crazy. It is nuts. Wow. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, There was some drama
1: that happened in Norman earlier today about a very touchy subject. Yeah. Uh, There was a tweet that was put out, Sooner fans, the day has come. Tailgating has returned to Lindsay Street. Sign just put up right across the street from the South Oval. And there was like a tailgating permitted in this area sign that was put um in the south oval, right? It, it was a I feel like it was a pretty small like kind of strip there, but there was a sign put up. Okay.
0: Who put this who put the tweet out or whatever the post?
1: Tyler Laduca from uh he's he's a like an OU nightly sooner sports pad student at OU. And then okay. I guess a short time after There was an update that said, while the sign was put up by a person in a campus employee uniform, a university source has told me it was a mistake. Campus is now looking into how it happened. Seems to be a simple human error here. Sign placed at the wrong location by a campus employee. So a campus employee, I guess, was asked to go and put tailgating permitted in this area sign and accidentally put it in the one place that had everyone excited for about a couple of hours.
0: Now, tell me where exactly the sign was I don't placed? know. Like,
1: I, it, it, was, um, it was across the street from the South Oval. So, like, Lindsay, basically on Lindsay Street. It's a small section of it, I think.
0: Huh. Well, it sounds like at least it may have gone in the wrong place, but it sounds like maybe there's going to be somewhere they're opening up that wasn't open previously, right? <sighs> I,
1: I wouldn't get my hopes up about that. That individual just might yeah. have made a mistake.
0: Um someone's now gonna go place that in the president's lawn uh <laughs> up there on the on Boyd Street. That's pretty funny. Yeah, uh Arizona right, State. Uh, I, I, I you got, got one more? Yeah, I got yeah. one more. Arizona
1: State, that job is open. We know that. And looks like Matt Rule, Kenny Dillingham might be the top two targets that ASU was looking at. Rule? Yeah.
0: The guy currently under contract uh, with the Carolina Panthers—he is considering 0-2, him for the head coach of Arizona but State. That
1: is the guy that is being referenced. Yes.
0: Okay, well, that would be a home run hire, no doubt, uh, for Arizona State. But come on, man, if Matt Rule gets fired at Carolina, he can coach. Pretty much anywhere in college football that he wants, right? That has an opening, wouldn't he be the top, the one of the top um, targets for anyone? I feel like he would open?
1: be. I don't know if he'd be the top target for Nebraska, but he'd be a target. Maybe he would be Auburn. Like all the job openings that are, yeah, yes. To answer your question, yes, he would be.
0: Yeah. What's bet? What would you rather have, ASU or Nebraska? How old am I? I
1: guess it doesn't matter. It's Arizona
0: State. It's Tempe. Yeah. Yes. It doesn't matter. You're married. Well, yeah,
1: yeah, still Tempe, I guess, over Lincoln, Nebraska. (laughs) Looking at lifestyle here. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, I don't know. So, there was also Grinch uh, rumored for that job, right?
1: I haven't seen Alex Grinch rumored for that job, but if he continues to get nine turnovers a game like they're getting, he might end up getting that job. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I imagine I imagine this would be the time that we see Grinch jump off and grab something if Absol- he's got an opportunity absolutely. for a Power 5 job. Yes, he would. All right, quick timeout. More from the Rush coming up. Hanging out at Pryor's Pizza Kitchen here in Goldsby. Got to come out, watch some football here. Thursday night football going to be going uh, throughout the weekend as well. Great food. EMC
1: Dealers bringing you hour number two of the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Keep those texts coming on the Air coverage Solutions text line, 405-651-3439. I know everyone's really happy about the way the first three games have played out for Braden Willis. Six receptions, 63 yards, and a couple touchdowns. Almost had three touchdowns if he hauls in that catch against Kent State. But he's also OU's second leading passer right now after that TD pass that he had to Marcus huh. Major. The first three games for Braden Willis, was that just situational, the first three, or is he going to continue to be a big factor in this offense
0: moving forward? He'll continue to be a big factor. Now, he's going he's to be a massive factor in the success of the offense. Like What his production looks like, as far as catches, yards, touchdowns on a week-in, week-out basis, I'm not exactly sure. But they've shown that they like going to him, and I think that's going to continue to happen. But the way that he blocks and the way he performs on every single snap whenever he's out there, he is he is one of the most important parts of the offense. Yeah,
1: he's, yes. he's consistent, but, man. Um, when you talk about like the yeah. most consistent players on the team – mims Braden willis billy bowman uh, that's that's pretty good group right there
0: yeah yep i i think he is um i think he's fantastic and yeah i think they're going to continue to to showcase him some in the passing game and you know perhaps even more so than we've seen as the season rolls on you know i think he's a I think he's a good talent to be split out i think he can do quite a bit of things out there and There hasn't been a whole lot of that yet. Mainly he's been a kind of that little uh, pop pass, whatever you want to call it, where he kind of blocks for a count and then releases down the middle. Um, That's kind of been the, the bulk of what they've gone to him on. But I think that they're going to continue to build off of some of their running game, throw some more play action in off of those things, which we haven't seen a whole lot of. Up to this point. So, yeah, I think he's going to continue to be a big part of what they do. All right, quick timeout. we got the final hour coming up next here from Pryor's Pizza Kitchen.